Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. And glad to have you with us today. For this next hour, we'll talk UK sports with a trio of guests. Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws, Josh Moore from the Lexington Herald-Leader, and Sean Vinsel from HoopsInsight.com. And our Wildcat News of the Day segment, always presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. And we'll start with some football news. A couple of transfers for the Wildcats coming in yesterday, both for the running back room. Uh, D. Beckwith is from Tennessee. 6'5", 230, was a four-star recruit out of high school. He played DB and wide receiver for Tennessee as well as running back. So it would seem to be a guy that could um, bring a lot of versatility, which seems to be what would be uh, very useful in Coach Rich Rich Gangarello's offense. You could see Beckwith from just what I've read. Maybe play in the fullback role. He could be that uh, you know hybrid tight end, um, and obviously great size. The other transfer, also a running back, is an FCS All American from Sam Houston State, Ramon Jefferson, and uh, he says uh, he said he announced his commitment yesterday. Uh, UK, I think, uh, confirmed that he rushed for over eleven hundred yards last season. He's five ten two fifteen, so. Two running back pickups, and that obviously just makes fans wonder about uh, what that might say about what's happening with Chris Rodriguez. Not so much Beckwith, because he wouldn't play that spot, but Jefferson definitely would, and he's a a one-year transfer guy. Um, So it's not like he's uh, coming in thinking he'll he'll wait a year and then get his chance. So um, we'll talk about that when Josh Moore joins us a little later on. Some uh, recruiting notes, first on the basketball side. Uh, rivals Travis Graff and Travis Branham of 24-7 Sports, both predicting that Aaron Bradshaw will commit to Kentucky. He's the seven-footer who is the teammate of D.J. Wagner up in Camden, New Jersey. Um, some buzz about the, the G League in the last week or so, but uh, these two guys who cover it closely think he's going to commit to Kentucky. Carmelo English... Uh, a wide receiver, uh, I think four stars, I believe. I uh, don't think he's a five yet, but um, he is between Kentucky and Auburn, and uh, he has pushed back his commitment. And from what I read, feels like that can't hurt, can't do anything but help Kentucky because there was maybe a feeling that he was getting ready to commit to Auburn. So he's pushed back the uh, commitment, taking a little more time to uh, think about his decision. Uh, 
If you're thinking about what cup of coffee to have in the morning, we would suggest our friends at Shuffle Bean Coffee. It is a Kentucky-based company, and they put all of their emphasis, first and foremost, on the best coffee beans. They come out of this rich volcanic soil down in Costa Rica. You can read about all this on the website at shufflebean.us. And they believe that produces the best cup of coffee. So give it a try. I think you'll agree. It is a fantastic aroma, even better taste. You can pick some up if you're an Amazon Prime customer that way, or at Central Kentucky Meyer stores. So Shufflebean Coffee, the official coffee of Rupp Arena and the KFC Yum Center. Uh, a couple of other notes um, from professional sports ESPN's latest NFL mock draft for 2023 has Will Levis projected number eight to the Detroit Lions. And if that turns out to be correct, he could strike up a friendship with former Wildcat basketball player Nerlens Noel, who's being traded to the Detroit Pistons as part of a deal with the New York Knicks. Uh, links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Wildcat News of the Day, a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Online gift cards are a perfect gift for that person who's hard to buy for. And Giuseppe's can set you up online to order them and mail them out to you. Giuseppe'sLexington.com is where to go. While you're there, look at the menu. It is fantastic. Hand-cut steaks, fresh seafood, homemade pasta, best lasagna in town at Giuseppe's of Lexington. Uh, They have... I have jazz music in the lounge every night of the week to accompany your meal. Perfect place for that next special occasion, Giuseppe's of Lexington. We'll be right back with Chris Fisher from the Catch. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Fifteen past the top of the hour as we welcome in Chris Fisher to the program from catspaws.com. Uh, Chris, we'll start on the uh, basketball side as Kentucky has uh, picked up a commitment and made an in-state offer since we last talked. We'll start with Robert Dillingham and what you like best about his game. Yeah, I spoke with uh, 24-7 Sports National recruiting analyst Travis Branham over the weekend, and uh, the word that he kept coming back to was dynamic. Um, Robert Dillingham is uh, one of the most electric uh, players in the 2023 class and uh, can do a lot of different things with the ball in his hands, can create separation and and make tough shots. And, you know, when you look at the uh, most successful teams under John Calipari, they've really had a dynamic playmaker at one of the guard positions, whether that was John Wall or, Deer and Fox, Tyler Ulis, you know, the, the list goes on and on. I, I definitely think Robert Dillingham is uh, in that mold. Um, just, the, um, again, a really dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. And I think when you can, when you pair him with uh, another versatile guard like Reed Shepard, I think it gives you a lot of options in the backcourt because both of those guys can play on the ball, they can play off the ball, and and, and, and give you a lot of uh, different looks, a lot of different options. And so uh, I think that's a really, really good start for Kentucky when you talk about that 2023 class. If Dillingham is a guy who is at the point, uh, and, you know, if they get Wagner, you know, they could uh, go back and forth like 
Wall and Bledsoe did, but Wall was the, the primary guy. If mm-hmm. Dillingham is that primary guy, he is uh, you know, much different than what it's been of late. There have been more kind of table-setting point guards like uh, Savir and, and Ashton, etc. But uh, this would be you know, uh, more in the mold of those earlier point guards, right? Yeah, you know, I think I would definitely look at at Robert Dillingham if he's playing on the ball as more of a scoring point guard. He wants to put the ball in the basket, and he's you know been criticized at times for not getting his teammates as involved maybe as he should while playing with the ball in his hands. But he's a kid that is wired to score, and so and he can do that you know on the ball, or he can do that you know playing off the ball and, and making tough shots from. From the perimeter, and I think that's why he fits in so well with with Reed Shepard, who, you know, he's a high IQ guy. He's going to make the right play, whether that's for himself or, or for someone else. And so, I think that gives John Calipari a lot of versatility um, in the backcourt and kind of rounding out, you know, as you build you know, that twenty twenty three class. That's a, that's a, a really really good start as you look, you know, for Kentucky to add, you know, wings and and big men in that twenty twenty three class. Now let's shift to Travis Perry from Lyon County. Leads his team to the Sweet 16. Uh, we see the stories. You know, at that time, he's on track to break King Kelly Coleman's high school scoring record. Uh, but it's just been in the last few weeks since an event in Shelbyville where the the major offers have started to uh, roll in for him. And Kentucky brought him in for an unofficial and uh, offered him a scholarship. Now he hadn't committed yet, but uh, this is really come together very quickly, right? Yeah, he's a, he's the, the type of kid that you win with. So I think, you know, very similar to Reed Shepard. Now, he doesn't have the athleticism. Uh, you know, he's not going to wow you in the way that Reed Shepard will. But very similarly, he's going to make the right play. He has a great feel for the game. He has a high IQ. He's really, really tough. Um, and, and John Calipari... We're very impressed, obviously, by by what he saw from him in, in Shelbyville a couple weekends ago, and uh, you look at the way his recruitment has has absolutely blown up. Uh, added offers from both Michigan and Ohio State earlier this week. Uh, added also some Kentucky over the weekend, and then you look at you know Purdue, Iowa, Nebraska, Cincinnati, Missouri, uh, all of those coming this month, and so he's definitely doing something. Right, and I think uh, as we talked about last week, you kind of have you know if Kentucky's able to land his commitment, you have that built-in kind of brand loyalty, uh, consumer confidence with in-state kids that are going to stick around, and they're going to stick around, you know, hopefully for for multiple years and and help you win games. Cal had a, a very rare uh, off year in twenty-one with the nine wins, and made some changes in his staff and that is uh, continued now with uh, Jay Lucas leaving for for Duke but he definitely had a shake up in his staff uh what have you seen in terms of uh differences you've noted in what they're doing in recruiting now it feels like you know there's been a shift in philosophy uh, i think on one hand, they're still going to target the best of the best high school recruits. There's no doubt about that. But in the spring, instead of maybe you know taking a chance on a, a you know a top fifty guy, a top seventy five guy, all of a sudden with the success that Kentucky has had in the transfer portal with Oscar Sheepway and, and Severe Wheeler, Kellen Grady, those guys who stepped in and contributed 
mightily right away. Kentucky has the sway to go in and and add one of the best you know players from the transfer portal, and so I think John Calipari has had older teams the last couple of years, and I think that's something that he's really enjoyed, especially as he gets older. He doesn't have to push some of the buttons with those teams that he does with younger players, and and I think he's enjoyed that. So I think you're going to see a little bit of a departure from, you know, relying mainly on one-and-dones, although Kentucky's still going to continue to recruit those guys, and and a little bit more of a a dependence on on the transfer portal as as we go forward. I'm Chris Fisher from catspaws.com, at ChrisFisher247 on Twitter. Uh, The uh, big man from Camden, New Jersey, that plays alongside D.J. Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw. Uh, there's a lot of buzz, including the national 24-7 analyst you referenced, Travis Branham, predicting that he's coming to Kentucky. Uh, do you think this will happen soon? I think so. I think this is one that Kentucky feels really, really good about and um, had him on campus for an official visit earlier this month and followed that up with an official visit to Louisville. I think his recruitment is likely going to come down to those two schools, but I would definitely give Kentucky an edge right now, and it, it seems like things are starting to to wind down there. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see Kentucky land a commitment by uh, by the end of the summer. But uh, physically, you're talking about a kid who you know has a lot of the physical traits that John Calipari typically covets. He's a seven footer. He can run the floor. He protects the rim. I think he's more skilled offensively than. Uh, he's given credit for has been able to to show at this point and and a kid that just seems like he gets better and better every time he he steps on the floor so uh, that would be another tremendous addition to Kentucky's 2023 class and we're still in the middle of the summer and so Kentucky off to a, to a great start and, and really ahead of the curve when you're talking 2023 you can read uh, the coverage of Chris at catspaws.com and follow on Twitter at Chris Fisher 24-7. Joins us here on Wednesdays on the Leach Report. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Coming up next, Josh Moore from the Lexington Herald Leader, beat writer for UK football for a little while longer. So we'll uh, talk some UK football topics and some of Josh's favorite stories as well. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. 25 past the top of the hour as we welcome in Josh Moore to the program from the Lexington Herald Leader, where he covers the UK football beat. Um, Josh, how much longer? I know you're moving on to a, a new challenge. Yeah, actually, it's uh, my last day was. Oh, I don't even remember the exact date. It was about a week and a half ago. So oh, I actually okay. um, already started my new gig with UK Healthcare, doing some. I'm on the brand strategy team here oh. at uh, UK Healthcare now. So kind of on the, you know, went from covering Mark Stoops to sort of being on the same team. So. <laughs> well, my friend Julie Baylog will take good care of you there um, with the, the UK Healthcare team. Um, well, we'll uh, I want to get you on just to kind of look back on some. Uh, you know, memories and thoughts of uh, covering Kentucky football. But let me start with the the news 
that uh, came yesterday, which is a, a couple of new running backs into the mix for Kentucky. Um, Dee Beckwith from Tennessee transferring in, Ramon Jefferson from Sam Houston State. And um, I think there's a, a natural inclination for fans to, to think is this connected to, to Chris Rodriguez's situation, right? Especially yeah, I, I certainly, yeah, I certainly understand making that jump, and and I'm definitely not as you know, I sort of have disconnected a little bit from that stuff. So I don't know what if the, if that if those inclinations are something they really should be making, or if it's just this is a depth building situation. But I thought, I mean, you bring in a kid from like like Jefferson, you imagine he is you know not you know been promised playing time but it will be expected to come in and contribute a lot so that that certainly makes you wonder um if they're not certain about what what chris rodriguez's availability will be or, or maybe another guy who knows i mean it could be another guy i guess but um the, the the tennessee kid i actually saw that first and i was kind of you know it's an interesting ad uh you know coming from playing defense to flipping over to running back i guess is the, the situation with that kid a former four-star recruit so you know he's you know got the raw talent so i'm sure um you know they've done a little bit of that with the staff over the years you know flipping guys um i mean i think of dingle this year kind mm-hmm. of he's moved around quite a bit in his career and it seems like he's found a good spot at um pullback here for for uk and then the, the way scangarella wants to use him so um i think they know what they're doing as far as that goes and um i, I imagine he's more of a developmental ad they love the i think those those versatile guys and you think on the uh defensive side a guy like uh, Vito Tisdale unfortunately injured for this season but brought that in terms of he could you know cover he was good enough in coverage that you were fine to, to trust him with uh, fast receivers but could really come up and play the run well and so it's kind of a of a hybrid of a defensive back and a linebacker and I look at coach Gangarello's offense what he's talked about and it seems that they will be looking for that kind of player in this offense a guy who has the size that a Beckwith has that could uh, he could use him as your fullback. You could use him as a you know a hybrid uh, tight end, kind of lining up in the backfield, mm-hmm. hybrid between a fullback and a tight end, and um, yeah, it gives you some versatility. Yeah, that crossed my mind too when I saw his you know the, you said what it was six five right yeah four six five so um, yeah certainly I imagine he could be using that fullback role a lot too and. Um, I like, I'm excited to watch this team. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I'm, I'm planning on, you know, I won't, I, I might not go to every game, but I plan on getting some tickets and going to games still and being there in the stadium here at home. And, and you get to I mean, tailgate now. what they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah <laughs> this, you know, part of the Saturday experience is, is yeah. all the fun food and drinks. And, uh, unfortunately, they don't, uh, serve beer in the press box. So we'll, uh, <laughs> no, they haven't gotten to that point yet. Indulge. <laughs> Uh, Josh Moore is with us, <laughs> covering uh, Kentucky has covered Kentucky football and, and the high schools before that for the Lexington Herald Leader. We'll come back talk a little bit about the, that time and in those roles. Uh, uh, this is the Wednesday edition of the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. If you're looking for a new team to join, you, you need a job. Go to myclarkspns.com. It's a great team to be a part of. It's Kentucky-based, family-run company. Clark's Pump and Shop. Return, refresh, and refuel. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Second half of our Wednesday show as we continue our visit with Josh Moore, previously the Lexington Herald leader, uh, 
covered UK football for several years, high schools before that. Uh, Josh, um, when you think back over the stories that you covered for Kentucky football, um, beyond just the the big games, what were some of the the favorite stories that you had? Well, for me, my my first year on the beat was that Lynn Bowden team. you know, oh, I think the, the 2019 team that, right. you know, unfortunately you, you see Terry Wilson go down with this injury that, um, you know, took his career, his season away. And, and then, you know, Sawyer Smith has you know, some arm issues and then has to go down too. And, and I, I just that, that whole ride was for me, um, you know, quite an introduction to the beat and, and, and to the, you know, what you can do if you have a, just a special athlete and and a guy that sort of takes on the command of the locker room and, and really becomes a personality that guys rally around. And that's why I kept saying last year I felt like um, Will Levis, you know, I would compare Will Levis and Lynn Bolton a lot because for, for that quality, that, you know, specific quality, they just both were guys that, you know, guys gravitated towards. And, and I think that, for, you know, that team – um, in 2019, they ended up going to the Belk Bowl and, and just doing stuff that, you know, setting Russian records. That kind of whole, um, success story to me was just the thing that I sort of connected with the most. You know, I don't know if it's, you know, cause really, uh, <laughs> that team more or less was a very good high, you know, they ran a, a, an exceptional high school offense, really is what it boiled down to, you know, sort of a wing tee, you know, just, Kind of down your throat mentality thing. You know, barely throw the ball at all, and um, it was a lot of fun. It was a good. It, it it sort of was a great team in a way to transition from the high schools to uh, covering college football. So so that'll always stick with me. Yeah, I mean, a great offensive line, and then a uh, just a spectacular individual uh, behind it in, in Bowden. And it is uh, as we think back, it kind of it. There's it's an interesting twist on that that season was kind of the uh, uh, culmination of where Eddie Grand did a uh, spectacular coaching job in having that team be able to win eight games uh, when you had to convert to that offense and everybody knew you weren't going to be throwing much at all and you weren't particularly good at it when you did uh, so you had to you know pick a spot or two you know along the way to to try to do something in the passing game, but uh, to be able to find creative ways to continue to to run the football, and you think back to when Eddie came on board and the first game out of the box, Drew Barker slinging it all over the field against Southern Miss, and then uh, they uh, lose end up losing the game in the second half uh, when Southern Miss comes back, but then the next week Drew gets hurt and. Quickly, Kentucky has to transition into uh, very much of a power running team, and that kind of became the identity. And uh, kind of Eddie ended up being kind of a victim of his own success because <laughs> Kentucky, you know, found it difficult to recruit the kinds of quarterbacks and receivers they needed to, knew they needed to to move up in the league, and finally had to make a change because of that, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. It definitely, you know, there's certainly something to the becoming a victim of your own success, and. Um, you know that 2020 season obviously had beyond the the recruiting issues that developed over the course of the years. Obviously, that was such a weird year anyway. And you know, but I think back to you know the one thing that the, my biggest uh, you know just observation, and then this isn't a, any big revelation or anything covering the team over the past few years is you know 
this team and this program is in a really good place, and is I think you know you've got the you know, the, the the head of the ship there, Mark Stoops. That as long as he's around, I think this program is going to stay where it's where he's gotten it to. I don't you know because I think for a while there you're you're sort of worried when you reach the pinnacle, you know, you win ten games or. Um, or what have you, go to keep going to bowls. I think you, there's always in the back of your head, like, well, we're still, you know, it's still Kentucky football. We have a much longer history of not making bowl games and going, you know, three and three and nine and, and whatever. And, you know, I, I don't think that's, I don't think you're ever going to see that level of slippage because I think they, you know, they have a, a formula for success that has them not to a point where they're going to always go to bowl games or, or, or you know, win seven or eight games that, you know, I think it has reached a point where they they can legitimately argue they have as much a chance as anybody, you know, in that second tier especially to contend and try to, you know, play spoiler in the SEC East. And I, I think that's the um, – regardless of what, what things look – because I think they've just gotten the talent level to a point and the mentality especially, the mentality is even bigger than the talent. Just, you know, that, that Kentucky football is something different than it used to be. Dick Gabriel, uh, our partner in the UK radio network, has talked about this for years from his days of, of working the SEC football championship game, how much fun that is and what a, a sight to see it would be if Kentucky can get there. Um, I can remember, I'm older than you, I can remember back to 76, Kentucky had, been to a, had not been to a bowl game in 25 years and they get the Peach Bowl bid to Atlanta and they take almost 40,000 people down I-75. <laughs> and I think it would be it. You know, I think it would be a greater number than that this time if Kentucky could get to Atlanta. Well, I can tell you, I'd be one of the fifty, <laughs> sixty thousand whoever's there. I'll be right there in the you know, in the cheapest seats in uh, <laughs> in Atlanta I can find. Uh, you know, hopefully I can remember the game because it would certainly be a lot of fun. I'm sure a lot of uh, beverages would be consumed by a lot of people from Lexington. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I certainly. I mean, I hope. I hope that the program can can make that happen, whether it's this year or in the near future. Because I, I think I, it would be an awesome story. It would be awesome for college football. It would be awesome, you know, especially for Kentucky. Obviously, I, I just think it would mean it would mean so much to this fan base and to this coaching staff just to even get there. Um, and, and, you know, when when you obviously you know Stoops is hired, there's a lot of people asking him why you know why why take this job? Why not hold out for something better? I just think that would be uh, an incredible testament to what they've been able to achieve here. Uh, you uh, talked about the 19 season, your first year on the job. Is there a favorite just story you did as far as getting to, to know an individual or a guy was a great interview or had a great story? And that could be either when you were covering high schools or UK. Yeah, I got to. I mean, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't say I necessarily enjoyed the high school stuff more than college, but it certainly allowed you, you know, just more inroads. You're sort of the only person doing it. I mean, there's a lot of people doing great high school coverage around, and, and, and you know, especially at the you know statewide level. Um, but you know, as far as UK, I mean, I, I've got you know, I, as I was covering Krebs, I got to know Wandell pretty well. Um, and met him there and covered his recruitment. And we, we actually shot his, you know, we sort of handled his recruitment, his original commitment video. Yeah, that's that, right, uh, yeah. You know, he, he had to flip. He ended up flipping. So it's like, oh, what are you doing, Wendell? Um, <laughs> but, you know, that worked out, obviously, you know, great for UK later on when he decided to transfer. And um, really, I mean, just right there at my, towards the end of, you know, my, one of the last things I covered really is, 
his draft night party. It was sort of just, you know, just really cool to be there and, and be part of that, you know, because we, you know, obviously UK's had a lot of people drafted um, over the years, and, 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 but seldom do we get to, like, sit in and be part of, like, a party like that for a guy that's, you know, expecting to go high um, and, and, and is a local kid, too, you know. So it, it was just all the factors kind of came together to form a really um, cool moment, a cool scene, and see all these, you know, a lot of people I've known for, you know, by that point, five, six, seven years, and, and see you know how happy they were and 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 to, you know to to let me in too I mean they there weren't a lot of reporters you know invited in and um, so that was that was pretty cool to to get to see that and write about it. Josh Moore uh, now with UK Healthcare but did a lot of great work uh, with the Lexington Herald Leader. Josh, we'll uh, we'll miss you in the press box, but we'll see you in the tailgating. Yeah, thanks so much, Tom. Uh, Josh Moore uh, joining us here on the Leader Report. And all the buzz about Wandale out of the New York Giants camp has been uh, universally positive so far. We'll get to some hoops with Sean Vinsel, Hoops Insight, when we come right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. Next up, we welcome in Sean Vinsel from HoopsInsight.com, at HoopsInsight on Twitter, where you get a lot of uh, analysis of the cats and uh, I think the cards uh, you cover as well, looking at uh, a lot of the analytics and analyzing from, from that perspective. And Sean had a recent post, uh, I think maybe a week and a half ago, about uh, Kentucky's backcourt, specifically uh, Xavier Wheeler will be coming back as the, as the point guard. And uh, you like... According to what I read in your post, the team that John Calipari has built around Wheeler, right? Absolutely. I think uh, I think this year's team has a lot of uh, pieces that'll complement Wheeler. Maybe put him a little bit more often in some of the the areas where he's stronger and de-emphasize some of the weaknesses. Yeah, because he's definitely a polarizing figure, and he's got he has some pretty clear strengths and weaknesses. Polarizing in terms of his numbers or in terms of fan opinion. Uh. Probably a little of both. Probably, the, I think the fan opinion. I mean, obviously, when you have a point guard who's not a very good shooter and hasn't been a very good shooter, that's that stands out pretty clearly, and that's been a pretty common problem. So, I think a lot of people point to that. And there were games last year where it was pretty clear that his lack of shooting was putting Kentucky in a bad spot. But um, in in terms of also some of the stats, I mean, he's, for example, he's an excellent finisher at the rim, especially for someone as small as he is. He hits. Uh, over 60% at the rim, which is, was last year better than like Ty Ty did. Um, you know, was better than Davion Mintz did. So very good finisher there. But between the rim and the three point line, he really can't shoot. That really struggles to shoot. A lot of that's just his size. He just can't really score with the, the defenders around him. But then when you get to the three point line, he actually is fairly pretty competent as a catch and shoot player. So he's got some pretty clear strikes and weaknesses that are just a little bit different than uh, a lot of Kentucky's point guards that they've had. I think that that makes him a little bit of a, a lightning rod there. But yeah, I think Kentucky can absolutely uh, maybe lean into more of the strengths that he has by maybe using him more as a catch and shoot player, you know, optimizing some of the spacing on the floor last year when he was playing alongside say, Kellen Grady, Ty Ty Washington, guys who shoot a little bit more and shoot from the outside. Wheeler put up much stronger numbers than when, you know, as the bench would come in, Wheeler became more of a primary scorer, a little less um, spacing on the court, and you saw his game really fell off. He's, 
I'd say Wheeler is probably more dependent on good spacing than any other player Kentucky has. And I think this year's team, the way it's constructed, looks like the kind of team where he, uh, he can probably get in good situations a little more often. You, uh, in your analysis, uh, didn't have him as uh, particularly effective in the middle pick and rolls that uh, they would do with Oscar. Are there other guys who can do that, uh, could potentially do that better? Yeah, I mean, and the, the, probably the, the first candidate everyone would hope for is maybe Cason Wallace, freshman uh, point guard, who I think will probably um, take on a lot of the point guard duties when Wheeler is out of the game. But um, And you know, we haven't seen that. That, that would be obviously nice to see. But uh, a sneaky candidate is Antonio Reeves, the transfer. He, last year, was one of the best players in the country at scoring out of pick-and-roll actions. He's got a lot of good size. He's got a very good handle and uh, can create his own offense but also create for others in that. And I think the fact that he's got a little bit more size, obviously, with pick-and-roll, that's drawing a couple defenders there. Wheeler really struggles to, to navigate that because he's not really a shooting threat, so the defense plays off of him, makes him kind of shoot those middle shots. Well, Reeves is excellent at that, so I think the defenders will come up on him a little bit more. I'd actually like to see a lot of uh, reeves Shibway pick and roll this year. I think that would free up some things for Oscar in the low post as well. Reeves wasn't as highly ranked uh, on the transfer list as, say, a Kelly Grady maybe the, the previous year that Kentucky landed, but he seemed to be a guy that Kentucky particularly targeted, and I, uh, which makes me... Uh, wonder if you're if you have you're going to run your offense through Oscar. So you know it, the the uh, the list you know the, the rankings don't matter much because they're ranking guys on on talent for a, you know list like that a top you know forty transfers or whatever it is. Uh, if you're looking for a guy just for a specific need like an NBA general manager is, then he may be real high on your list because of that specific need, right? Absolutely. I mean. Um... Honestly, th- thinking back at it, I probably I can't think of even maybe more than two or three other transfers who were available this offseason that I would have wanted as much or more than Antonio Reeves for Kentucky. And that's, that's specifically because of what you're talking about. He's a really good fit for a lot of things that Kentucky needs or Kentucky likes to do. He's, um, he's a pretty good outside shooter at 38%, probably not quite as good as Kellen Grady. But where Reeves really shines is with the ball in his hands as a creator um, in the mid-range and then also in late-clock situations. Last year, that was a real weakness of Kentucky's. Uh, neither Ty Ty Washington or Severe Wheeler was very creative in late-clock situations, uh, and that really bogged down the offense late in, in the season. Well, Reeves is one of the very best players in the country in those. He's you know, got good size at 6'6", really good handle, and can hit mid-range jumpers. Just him being in that role, I think, raises Kentucky's ceiling in terms of at you know, at the end of games, Reeves can be a guy who's uh, who's maybe got a little bit more of that creator role, and the offense is going through him. And I, I mean, early in the season when he was in the transfer portal, I thought he might be the best fit for Kentucky, and I'm really glad that the staff prioritized him and landed him. And they have their catch shoot guy in C.J. Frederick too. Absolutely, and and C.J. Frederick is at a different level than anyone Kentucky's had in a long time from the outside. I mean, this guy. It's guarded, unguarded. I mean, he's like 45% or better from the outside automatic. Um, hopefully, you know, I think the only question is, you know, some of his size, if he can hold up defensively and with the injury history, standing up. But, I mean, him playing off of Reeves, Wheeler, Wallace, their ability to drive, it, it could open up a lot of things for Kentucky. I'd expect them to have just as good of an offense as last year, if not maybe even a little bit better. Yeah, Alex like CJ is like those pilots in 
Top Gun Maverick when they paint the target with the laser, and then it, you get the beep, 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 and it's locked in. So <laughs> that, yeah, absolutely. that's his it's shooting the best screen. Um, talk with uh, Sean Vinsel from HoopsInsight.com, at HoopsInsight on uh, Twitter. I'm really intrigued, I'm guessing you are too, about this upcoming uh, slate of games in the Bahamas because uh, what I've said with other guests is I think Wheeler's a lock at the point. You know who your point guard is. You know who your five-man is. Um, you're looking at, uh, you know, uh, Toppin and um, Collins, I think, primarily for the four. I know Livingston could, could potentially play some there, but I think I, it's ideally going to be Toppin or, or Collins, and we'll, that's going to be one thing to watch is does one of those two guys really assert himself? There's a lot of positive buzz out of these early practices for Toppin. But then those, you know, the two and three spots, I think Wallace will start. But uh, you've got Wallace, you've got Livingston, you've got Frederick, you've got Reeves. Um, you know, you've got uh, a, a lot of different ways you can go, different skill sets, and it's going to be interesting to we'll, – we'll come out of that with a little idea maybe of, of uh, you know, what Cal sees and uh, what direction he's at least going to start the year going in, right? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things Calipari is, is known for, even when he doesn't have preseason hermits, is early season, a lot of lineup experimentation. You know, I mean, you remember things like – Khalil Whitney getting some starts and things like that in heavy minutes and then kind of fell out of the rotation. You know, um, Ashton Higgins didn't start for the first month and a half of his college career and then start. So there, there's a lot of experimentation. Things can definitely change. But yeah, I, I'm probably most interested to see the, the three and four positions. Um, how guys like Livingston, Toppin, Collins, not only you know, how do they kind of play with each other, how are they, they mixed in, but then are they able to be aggressive scorers? One of the issues last year was when Kentucky went to their bench, none of their bench players were really, um, except maybe Davion Mintz, was kind of a microwave scorer who would be aggressive. And what happened was Wheeler ended up taking on more of that scoring burden because he had the ball in his hands. That is not the role they need for him. So I'd like to see you know, Toppin get to the point where he's being more aggressive, you know, shooting the ball, you know, taking the ball to the basket. I think things like that will be the type of growth that we'd like to see because you need to see how Kentucky kind of creates spacing on offense for their players to, to be optimized. Interesting stuff. Sean, thank you much. We'll get you back after we uh, see a couple of those games down there and see how it's looking. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. That's Sean Vinsel, HoopsInsight.com. We'll close out this edition of the Leach Report in just a moment. Cat history, Bob Burrow, a U.K. legend, uh, born on this day. And uh, Ashton Haggins going to get uh, a chance to make an NBA roster with the Cleveland Cavs. That's who he's going to be playing for in the NBA Summer League. So one more former Wildcat to watch in the Thanks upcoming Summer League game. See you tomorrow on the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leach Report. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.